Hi there, I'm Ivy Brewer, the Associate Dean of College Guidance at Darlington, and welcome to the Darlington Podcast. Today, I'm here with two of our outstanding college advisors, Tara Inman, the Dean of Students for Global Education, and Mike Hudson, upper school science teacher. We also have Elsa Quay Corbin, a senior day student from Rome and one of Ms. Inman's advisees. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. So just to start us off, I want to talk a little bit about Darlington's unique college guidance system. Um, most schools will only have a dean and an associate dean and uh, maybe an office manager, but we are very fortunate at Darlington to have the dean, Sam Moss. Um, I am the associate dean, Madge Crawford, who is our um, office administrator and who makes the whole process run, keeps us all very organized. But then we also have eight college advisors who are trained teachers um, who have Um, groups of students that they work with individually, they write their college letter of recommendation, and um, they hold their hand basically through the entire process. So that is um, Tara and Mike with us today. So just to get us started, um, I have a question that I want to hear from the college advisors, um, what they were, how they would respond. Um, How have you connected with your advisees last spring as juniors and so far as seniors? Well, to your point about uh, the structure of our college guidance program, I'm a teacher of mostly juniors and seniors. So when these kids come in to our first college advisory session, I've usually already developed some Mm -hmm. kind of connection just as a student teacher. Now, it does make it a bit of a challenge when I write their counselor letters to step away from the teacher part of that and and go from a counselor perspective. But uh, I think it's a real strength to have those kids concurrently with the advising to teach them as well. So for me, I think, you know, both, I, I have not taught most of them, but I do work with a lot of international students. And so one of the things that I think is unique about a system that has so many different college advisors is kids don't necessarily get to choose their college advisor, but they do get to list their preferences. Yes. And, they, and most of the time, they're able to get matched with their first or second choice, which typically will be someone that's taught them or someone that they have a relationship with. So for me, um, I, I often have students that I worked with in the admissions process. Mm-hmm. I'm also in charge of our Y cabinet, which is the spiritual life, you know, student leadership body at Darlington. So I'll have students that I've worked with there that meet me. Or sometimes I've advised an older sibling, like I have with Elsa Quay, <laughs> and I've gotten to know the family really well. And um, and so that, that turns out to be a really nice, um, you know, deep relationship that is built on, like Mike said, built on more than just um, individual advisor meetings. But I do, do think it's important to note that we start meeting with them, you know, in the spring of, of their junior year. Last year was a little challenging because some right. of them were um, overseas and some were here. So we had kids in the classroom and kids uh, online, but we started by just talking about, you know, what does the college process look like at Darlington? And, um, helping them realize some of the things that they've done already to really help prepare themselves um, that maybe they don't even realize through their course selection. And, and we can talk about course selection, you know, for their senior year um, and the work that they need to do over the summer um, to be prepared to have success from the moment they show up, um, 
you know, in, in August. So, and then meeting twice a week as a group and meeting during free periods with them. I think a great thing about having a small group of advisees like we have, as opposed to schools where they have like 500, yes. is um, we truly do get to focus individually on each student. We can have our group time with them, but then we also have time, you know, I have nine advisees. I can make time to have one-on-one time um, with each one of them um, on a regular basis. So I think our schedule is so conducive to that. It, it's great that we get we have built-in time in the schedule twice a week to meet with them as a group. But the fact that we have office hours and everyone has at least one free period really makes it possible to have those uh, meetings when you need to. Yes, that's a great point. Um, so, Elsa Quay, what have you done so far to take car- charge of the, your search process? Well, because of the pandemic, most in-person tours have been moved online, but I still think it's really important to visit a campus in person and the town it's in. And so before I started touring colleges, um, I wrote a list of things that are important to me in a college town and college campus, like Greek life, um, student ministry, different things like that that I think are really important to me that I want to be in a college that I'm going to. And then another thing that I've done because tours haven't been in person is stay with older Darlington graduates who attend the college now. So I've stayed with girls at Georgia, Tennessee, and Alabama, and I've really gotten a sense of what student life is like there. I think that's so important to be able to experience it a little bit, either as on an official tour or, you know, as a, a as a visitor of a, an older student. And what a great thing that you've been able to do that. I think that's um, definitely makes an impression, don't you think, that when you are um, you get when you read the literature, you get in your mind what a school is like. But, you know, when you actually visit the campus, does that change your opinion any or? Uh, solidify your opinion of what you thought a place was? Yes, it definitely does. I've gone to college campuses thinking one thing and I've left just thinking like a whole nother thing because online is just so different than in person. Yes, that's very true. So for the college advisors, um, how have you encouraged your students to proceed through this process? I know we have a a bit of a structure, but um, outside of that, what have you given them as advice? So I think really stressing, I think those individual meetings are really important because every student's going to need something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. For me, not to, I will brag on Elsa Quay, you know, <laughs> she's pretty organized and motivated and she has her lists and she's working on her essays. So that's great. So when I meet with her, you know, we don't have to talk as much about deadlines because, well, we are aware of them, but we can, you know, maybe we're earlier in the year, we're already really digging into her essays. Another student may need a little more, um, you know, reminding that you're, you have, this is your first deadline and um, helping them create a, a manageable plan. And that's where those individual meetings come in because I can say, I'm meeting with you today. Here's what I need you to do. And I want to meet with you again, you know, three days from now. And it gives them sort of targets to, to aim for. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, every student is different. Um, so some students are, are just really, you know, different places. So, um, but that's, that's generally what I think is most helpful. Would be most helpful for me if I was a student, you know? Um, and as a parent of a, of college, of a now a student in college, that, you know, she really needed that um, guidance from her college advisor, who was Ms. Brewer. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mike? Well, I like to compartmentalize as much as I can 
from meeting to meeting. I mean, usually there's a task of the day. I want to make sure every child has completed. And yeah, some yes. kids are very on top of things and they've already done it. Mm -hmm. So for some of those, it's nice just to reach out and tell them the next step. Uh, I know that Ivy, your kind of schedule of what I'm doing, <laughs> the emails are very valuable to me and please keep sending them uh, because I, I, Try to follow a lot of the guidance that our college guidance office gives as part of my guidance um, to go step by step, make sure that each box is checked off as we go through and and um, just help the kids get used to Naviance and the Common App and each of those components. Um, one thing that I just love from our system um, of college advisors is that the treat that I have to work with these professionals that are so good at what they do. And um, so they don't take much, they don't need much instruction from me. I usually send a little email, um, you know, saying, this is what I'm doing with my advisees right now. You should kind of be in the same place. Um, but uh, we are a, a team. We do work together and send each other questions. I know, um, you know, if I have a student who is particularly interested in Georgia Tech, I'm probably going to send then Mike's way to talk to them a little bit about that. Or if I have an international student, I might get some tips from Tara and, um, you know, and all the college advisors. It's really wonderful to have this team that, that we can all rely on one another. So Elsa Quay, how has your college advisor, Ms. Inman, and the College Guidance Office supported you through your process so far? Um, like y'all were talking about earlier, we started in the spring of junior year, and so when we started, Ms. Inman um, really laid out the deadlines for us, so they never snuck up on us, and we were well prepared for the deadlines. Um, and then we meet at least twice a week, so Ms. Inman is always keeping us on track. <laughs> and the college admissions office has also organized college fairs and college boot camps that have been really helpful. At the college boot camp in August, we talked with admissions officers from bigger schools like the University of Alabama and UGA and smaller schools like SMU. And I feel like I've learned insider information about how to write the best college essay and how to make my application stand out. That's wonderful. I'm glad you got a, had a good experience at the, at the boot camp. Um, we have, we normally um, will do a large college fair um, each year of about um, 200 colleges, 185 to 200 colleges. And um, for the past couple of years, because of the pandemic, um, that has been uh, impossible to have that many people um, in a room and um, to also have uh, the colleges be able to travel. So um, in lieu of that, um, we have put on um, micro fairs, which are 10 colleges or fewer at a time um, throughout the fall on Fridays during office hours. So those are um, think times when students would be free anyway. And uh, it's in the library, which is a pretty much a hub at that time of the day. Um, and again, just kind of emphasizing, uh, hearing from the experts, talking to um, different colleges that represent a range of college choices for the United States and getting our students in front of those representatives. So um, the pandemic has made us get creative with those things a little bit, but that's another way that the College Guidance Office tries to support our students. So for the college advisors, what general advice do you offer to your students? 
I, I think, and Elsa Quay hit on this a little bit, and you did too just now with the uh, micro fairs and all of that, having that college list, not one college, but a college list that you work to inform yourself about, mm-hmm. whether it's through visits or online, even if you don't get the same perspective necessarily. Uh, and, and sometimes what seems like little things, but where is this college? <laughs> what is the town like? What is the area around it like? Uh, I have been surprised when I've gone on college visits as an adult. Like I, I've had this idea of a certain college in my head and then you go and visit it and you're like, wow, I didn't realize this was, it was this far away from anything. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Or uh, I didn't realize the city that it's in is so large. So inform yourself of a college list early on um, and working through that, talking to your advisor and people that have actually gone to the college itself. I think that's a, that's a strong first start. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would, I would add to that about the college list. This is something I work on with mine and I think Eltsquay has done a really great job of this is having a balanced list. Mm-hmm. It's great to have, um, we want you to reach for, you know, your, your dream school. Um, but you also have to, you know, we, we want you to, to have choices yes. for where you're going to go. And so I think just in Elsa Quay's, you know, case, she has some very good, you know, SEC, um, schools that she has already applied to and been admitted to mm-hmm. that are that sh- that are great would be great options for her if she because we know that she values Greek life you know but she also is a very competitive student a strong student mm-hmm. and so she has some more competitive schools on her list mm-hmm. um, if she only had those competitive schools on her list I you know we would have I would be concerned because every competitive school is has admits a very small percentage of students mm-hmm. so um, even a strong student like Elsa Quay needs balance, you know, in, in her list because, so I think that's a, that's a huge thing. And then, um, I, I can't stress enough just, I think the importance of visiting, um, I've had students mm-hmm. say to me, well, these two schools are basically the same. And I'm like, they're, they're really not the same. <laughs> you know, one is in North Carolina and one is in, you know, Massachusetts. They're, they're not, they're not the same. Their programs might be similar but they're not the same. And you might like living in North Carolina a lot better than you like living in Massachusetts or vice or vice versa. versa. So, but you don't know if you've, you know, if you've, if you've never been there. And I would say another piece of advice that I give um, to all, to really almost all students is, and I would say this is really important advice for parents. And I I think Ivy will probably, I got this advice from (laughs) Ivy, but I'll share it, is to have really honest conversations um, about your budget for school. Um, it may be unlimited. That's great. Your student needs to know that. If it's not unlimited, your student needs to know that too. Um, it's because um, we can really guide them better because every school is going to, every student is going to have different opportunities at a particular school based on their profile and the school's profile and the scholarships that they offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's very difficult or it's disappointing. You know, if you're, if you work hard to get into your dream school, that it's going to be four hundred thousand dollars, and that's not in your budget, which is totally understandable. Right. It's not in um, most people's budget. Yes, it's not in most <laughs> people's budget. Like, if you just want the satisfaction of knowing you got in, that's great. But if it's going to crush your soul to get in and not be able to go there, then I think that's an important conversation to have uh, up front. And there's so many scholarships available. There's just um, our students are generally really 
good candidates, mm-hmm. um, depending on at the right school, the right school. for you know, merit scholarships. And so that, that would be another piece of advice I would, I would give for students and for parents to, to really think about that and be as transparent um, as you can be. I agree. I think that is so important. And it's not to say that you mark off a school because of the price tag, mm-hmm. um, because after you get scholarships or financial aid or whatever, no matter what the price tag is, it may come down within range, but it's important to know what the range what is. The and, you know, parents can do their uh, students a favor and say, um, you know, I want you to apply anywhere you want to apply, but this is my drop-down number. Yeah. This is what we can afford. And mm-hmm. so if you get into the stream school and the, and the price tag comes down into that range, then we are thrilled for you to go. And then if not, we're going to have some other choices um and um also to y'all's point about the balanced list um i would encourage people to put a financial safety on that list so worst case scenario i don't get a nicholas scholarship i don't get any financial aid what can my family afford um and it's always good to have one on that list that you're happy with and excited about but that you know worst case scenario it's an option for affordability we get we've given our just in our family because we have four kids we've given them a price to this is your price to meet or beat yes <laughs> and um, it, it, I think they, they appreciate you know that just in the brand scheme yeah. of things so and also to encourage kids I will say one more thing to take all the expenses of school into account yes so maybe you know you want not to apply just to tuition <laughs> yes yeah, not just tuition you know um, if you go to school in California um, you have to factor in plane tickets mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and, and you may not get to come home. Yes. yes. <laughs> and you and I both know that Greek life can be quite expensive. Greek, exactly. So if you're going to do sorority, you know, or fraternity, then you have to consider that. Uh, Ms. Brewer, my daughter, they, they both are involved in Greek life. It's been a great experience yes. for them, but that has to be budgeted for because it is not inexpensive. Absolutely. In any way. <laughs> in any way. <laughs> so, Elsa Quay, what advice would you give your fellow students? Um, I would tell younger students definitely to keep up their GPA. I don't. When I was a freshman, I don't think I realized just the impact that my freshman year could have on my GPA when applying to colleges. And to also start taking standardized tests early and often, as my mom says. Um, during the pandemic, I really learned how important this was, not being able to take tests my sophomore and junior year. I would also say to start exploring different colleges early and stay ahead of the game. Start thinking about college essays and what's important to each student as an individual. That's all great advice. One thing I would just add to that is you are an exceptional student, so sometimes um, like freshmen and sophomores will want to take standardized tests and for the average student my answer to that is that's totally fine but you're not allowed to get upset over the score yeah. because <laughs> you haven't learned some of the math that's on the test yeah. so totally fine to take it early but you're not allowed to get upset yeah you know <laughs> take it as practice uh, yes yeah. you're not no no crying no getting upset that early (laughs) but I want to thank y'all so much for your time and for being here today and I hope that we have given um, folks who are not as familiar with our college process a little insight into how we work and um, how our students are so successful in their endeavors thank you and thanks for tuning into this episode of the Darlington podcast tune in each week wherever you like to listen to podcasts and don't forget to subscribe 
Check out today's show notes at darlingtonschool.org slash podcast. If you have any questions about today's program or ideas for a future episode, send an email to communications at darlingtonschool.org. The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication, advancement, and IT teams, and the intro music is student-produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org podcast.